Welcome again. I'll add my welcome to everyone else's. Welcome to Bethel Christian Fellowship. This really is a house of prayer for all nations. What a joy and privilege it is to be all together today on this beautiful, brisk Minnesota morning. We are just delighted that, that you made it out in the midst of the cold, that you're here, and we pray that you make it home safely. Well, this morning, uh, as you can tell from your bulletin, if you've got your bulletin here, on the front page of your bulletin, gives a list of theme messages for the year back since 1991. So today is the 24th year that I have had the privilege as the senior pastor here of Bethel and now our lead pastor of Bethel St. Paul and senior pastor of the Bethel family of churches. My privilege to share with you a prophetic vision, a theme, a focus for the year. And so as you look through the, the words that have been given down through the years, think of them as threads in a tapestry. None of them go away. They're not like time. There, there is no expiration date on these words. They're simply words that kind of give direction for a year, but then get woven in with the other words for a tapestry of our life together here as a house. Now, let me just take a moment to remind us together of the vision for our Bethel family of churches. The Bethel family of churches is called to radiate life and joy together as a house of prayer for all nations. Now, Bethel Christian Fellowship, as a congregation, our calling has been for many, many years. You've heard us talk about radiating life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. Over the last three years, as this family of churches has begun to emerge in earnest, uh, we have talked about radiating life and joy together as a house of prayer for all nations. In your bulletin, in that cream-colored insert, reminds you of the vision of Bethel Christian Fellowship, specifically related to the cords or the threads of our DNA as a house. First of all, there is the in part of that. It's the part of being a house, which speaks of inviting hospitality and being a place to belong. And so the way that we articulate that is, as you can see in your bulletin insert, is we're a place to belong, a growing intercultural community, welcoming strangers to become friends, and then friends becoming part of our family. Secondly, there is the up part, the prayer, we're a house of prayer, which speaks of intimate spirituality and being a place to believe. Again, noting on your insert here, we're a joyful community passionately pursuing God and hosting his presence. We are not simply interested in a visitation from the Lord. We're interested in his habitation among us. And finally, we are a house of prayer for all nations. This is the out part, taking us out of these four walls with intentional missionality, being a place to become. And we are a life-giving community living out God's mission to reach all people. So now... We have 25-plus nations who are a part of this congregation, and there are more yet, as it made clear in Isaiah 56. There are still more yet to be gathered into this house, and we continue to pray and pursue the purposes of God as it relates to that. Now, I've mentioned to you a couple of times, I have, the, I have the, both a blessing and perhaps the challenge of having been here 24 years, the challenge being 
I have a lot of history, and I could tell you a lot of history. And if we really wanted history, I could have Ken come up, and we could have more history. Um, but I'm going to try to just simplify for a moment, because I really believe that over the last, since 2010, um, we, let me back up for a moment. Since 1993-4, we have really begun pursuing intentionally this call to be a house of prayer for all nations. Over the next 15 years or so, from 1994 to 1999, we were living towards that vision. Somewhere around uh, the year 2010, I believe we began to make a transition from living towards that calling to really beginning to incarnate and actually live that calling and live out from that calling. And so um, in 2010 was a year of restoration, and that was a year of really returning us, well, that was the next year, returning us to that calling. We were laying the foundations afresh. We were returning to that calling, and in 2012, we began to dream more about what that would look like. And we have seen over these years, 2010, 2011, 2012, God expanding our vision and our understanding of his call upon us. In 2013, last year, was a year to engage. And specifically, we received these two scriptures. But now, from Haggai 2.4, Be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. And as it says in Ephesians 4.16, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. And so it was a year really to engage in that calling in a more concrete, intentional way. And so, uh, again, as these threads of our vision kind of get woven together, today we come to the beginning of 2014, and this year, 2014, will be a year of... Well, let's first of all look at the Scripture together, okay? So if you have your Bible, turn to page 834 in the Pew Bible, or whatever number it is in your Bible, but it is 834 in the Bible located in front of you. And we're going to be doing some, some work to today together in Colossians chapters 1 all the way up through chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. One of the joys that I have as the senior pastor of the Bethel Family of Churches is the opportunity to spend time together with our pastors of our family of churches. Every other Monday morning, we get together to pray together, to care for one another, to uh, plan together, to prepare together, to work together. And this year, um, just this past Monday, 
we met, and um, I invited them in. They, now, some of you remember, again, this is history. Um, back in the beginning days of preparing the theme messages, no one knew. My wife still doesn't know, by the way, what the theme message is for this year. Um, but no one knew what the theme messages for the year would be other than the people helping us with the creative uh, team. But I've, over the years, I've sort of loosened my grip a little bit, and I'm beginning to receive some of uh, the staff and pastoral staff and others into this process. And, and this year, um, we together unpacked this scripture. So they helped me with my preparation for today. I tell you that because I want you to know that I'm the one speaking, but I'm speaking on behalf of the pastors of the Bethel family of churches. So I have the privilege of being the senior pastor and delivering the word, but we're, I'm sharing this word with you together. This is a word that we, that the Lord has brought us together over these last several months, and there's deep resonance for all of the congregations related to the word that I'm going to bring to you 2014, a year of. All right, we're going to get there. Now, here is a question that I have for you. How many of you, and, and specifically, and if you can translate this or whoever, how many of you have at any point in your life been a farmer? How many of you have ever been a farmer? Farmer. Hands, farmers? All right. I got farmers in the house. Good. Okay, there's quite a few farmers. All right, wonderful. All right, how many of you are gardeners? Okay, gardeners like gardening? Okay, you're going to really like the word this year, okay? All right. I love to garden. Now, I don't know if you know this. Here is my, here is my alternate dream. If I were not, this is my dream. I'm living my dream as the senior pastor of this house. If I wasn't doing this, I would love to move to England and be a gardener. Okay? Now, this year, 2014, I celebrate 30 years in ministry. This year. I started when I was 12. Okay? But, yeah, right. So. 30 years in ministry. And my first ministry took place in a little, outside of a little town called Kettle River. Kettle River is two hours north of here. It's always much colder than it is here. It's probably 40 below there because it's down in a deep valley. It would be 40 below for days on end, all right? So we got accustomed to survival skills, all right? But we moved up there, and we lived in the suburbs of Kettle River, okay? Town of 174. We lived four miles outside of town. And we lived right along a two-lane highway, and we had a garden. Now, if you can translate this into your thinking, we had a garden that was 25 by 125 feet. That's a garden. That's almost a farm, okay? Felt like a farm some days, all right? 25 by 125. So the size of my city lot was my, was my, um, was my garden, all right? And we grew all our own vegetables for the year. And so we learned about, we, we knew some about gardening. I grew up. My great uncle and aunt lived on a farm. I went up and spent a couple weeks with them every summer. Um, did a little bit of gardening at, at my home growing up in the south suburbs of Chicago in a little tiny little plot. But I uh, had a few flowers, had a few plants, had a few things. But I loved and I learned so much about gardening and about preparing. And Annette and I, we learned together. And 
it was a wonderful time. So I learned a lot about this concept that we're going to be talking about this morning. Just then, as you received Christ Jesus Lord, think of it in this perspective. Think of it as the seed coming in, being rooted and built up and beginning to grow, and then overflowing the beautiful picture of the fruit that comes, the, either the beauty of the flower or the literal vegetable fruit or whatever it is that grows out of that. And that will begin to get you towards the perspective of what I want to share with you this morning. So hold that picture in your mind. If you're a farmer, if you've been a farmer, if you've been a gardener, if you've ever looked at a garden, okay, if you've ever seen a plant, start thinking about that. All right. Now, what does this scripture begin with? Colossians 2, this is not a trick question. What are the first words, what are the first words that you see up on the screen from Colossians 2, 6 and 7? So then, which is sometimes translated what? Therefore. And so what is the rule of thumb whenever you see therefore? What's the therefore, therefore? All right? So you begin to look back, right? Okay? So then. So this is exactly what we did together with the pastors on Monday. We looked at so then, therefore, we began to look back into Colossians. So if you've got your Bible... Everybody got your Bible? All right, we're going to pray together right now and ask the Lord to touch his word into our life today. Jesus, we open ourselves to receive your word today. You who are the eternal word, come as the living now word for this day. Speak deeply into the life of this congregation and each individual within it. Lord, with your life, with Lord, your... Um, your specific uh, application into our lives, not only today, but throughout this year, together as a house. Lord, I pray that your blessing would rest upon this word. And I pray, Lord, right now, I ask, Lord, we receive with gladness, we receive with joy your word. And, Lord, I pray that it would come onto good soil and that it would find root and that it would bear fruit. And so we submit ourselves before you afresh today. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. All right. So, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. So the first step in our process of unfolding and unpacking the scripture today is this, receiving Christ. This is the first step in the process of what this year's theme is all about. It's about receiving Christ. Now, maybe that seems so simple, but... We need to come back to that very foundation root again here this year, receiving Christ. In Colossians 1, 3 to 6, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Colossae. By the way, this is a church in a region. So it's, you know, within, embedded in the scripture that we're looking at, the you is almost always plural you. He is speaking to us, not just to you as an individual, but to us as a people. He's speaking to us and I'm going to receive it today as he's speaking to us as a congregation here, the Bethel family of churches. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Why? Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel 
that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Now we're going to, you're going to note this, we're going to come back to that in, up, and out for a moment, or throughout the, the message here, so keep that in your heart, because the first thing that I want us to understand, and we talked about this a few weeks ago in Sola, when we looked at Sola Christus, our faith is centered in this core confession of the gospel, Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you say it with me? Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it again. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it again. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I want to hear that in the Himalayan, in Nepali language. Could you say, what would the declaration, how do you say Jesus Christ is Lord? Pastor, say it all together, loud. Hallelujah. All right, in Corinne. All right, in Oromo. All right, in Creole. All right, in Swahili. All right, hallelujah. That's right. That is the confession that holds us together. See, there's people all around you who look different than you do, who speak a different language than you do, who eat different, really good-tasting food than you do. But there is one thing, and this has been true through the ages. For the church, the way that you would identify a brother or sister in Christ is through this confession. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is his name. We sang it this morning. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam led us in worship. If you didn't know who that was, the the really tall guy standing there with the guitar, that's Pastor Sam Snyder from our Bethel Christian Fellowship Minneapolis congregation leading worship. I love, thank you for this focus on Christ. His name Jesus means God is our salvation. He saves us from sin and death. Christ, by the way, is not his last name. Sometimes people think Jesus Christ, and they think Christ is his last name like I'm Jim Olson. Well, no, Christ is not his name, his second name. It's his office. He is the anointed one who serves us as prophet, priest, and king. He declares to us, the very words of God. He intercedes for us as priest between us and God. And he is the king over all, King Jesus, which of course is his title, Lord Jehovah, Adonai, Elohim. He is supreme, having rulership and authority over our lives. One of my favorite scriptures, I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but this is one of them, is Colossians 1, 15 to 20. So go there. We're still in Colossians. Come back. Therefore, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, Jesus Christ as Lord, who are you receiving as Lord? I want you to hear who it is that you are receiving as Lord. Colossians 1. Let this soak into your spirit today. This is speaking about Jesus. 
He is the Son who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn above all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things, say all things, all things have been created through Him and for Him, and He is before what? All things, and in Him all things hold together. And He's head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all, say all, all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. This is incredible, people. This is the gospel. This is the seed that is getting planted in our lives afresh, even this year. This is the focus that I want us to have as we come together as a people throughout this year, as we remember, you know, because there's so many things that can distract us. There's so many different places that we can go. But this year, I hear the call of the Lord reminding us and bringing us back to the centrality of our confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now and forever. And He is the one who's created all things. He is the head of the church and has reconciled us to God. That is the gospel, people. That is the gospel. It gets so sometimes foggy and distorted and it can get... But this is the seed. This is the seed that we're planting into the soil of our lives and of our life together as a house here at Bethel this year. We can never, ever go away from that central confession. What does he say next? Go back to Colossians 1 for a moment. Colossians 2, I'm sorry, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, what's the next phrase? continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Here's the second point. We only have three this morning. We're going to come through quickly and get to communion. Remaining in Christ. We receive Christ. The seed goes down into the soil of our heart, but then something needs to happen. That seed must remain in us. We must remain in Christ. So you've got your Bible out? Come, come with me. We're now at Colossians 1, 9 to 11. Listen to Paul's words. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. Did you catch that? We're asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through our wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives to live a life worthy. Well, let's unpack that for just a moment. Our life in Christ now.
continues to grow up as we are filled up with him. So, I got this glass. It's filled up. But it's not filled, filled up. So part of what remaining in Christ means is having our lives filled more and more and more and more and more till we are filled to all the fullness. Ephesians talks about that. Filled to the full measure. Oh, I think there's still more room for a little more. Filled to the measure. The full measure. That is what we desire for our lives. So, just as we say Christ Jesus is Lord, we want to say, fill us up, Lord! Could you say that with me? Fill us up, Lord! Come on, say it with me. Fill us up, Lord! In Nepali, say, fill us up, Lord, however that sounds. All right. I agree. Corinne, fill us up, Lord. All right. Creole, fill us up, Lord. Aromo, fill us up, Lord. All right. Swahili, fill us up, Lord. Yes. Together again, fill us up, Lord. Again, fill us up, Lord. Again. Fill us up, Lord. Yes. What does it mean to be filled up with him? What does it mean to have your life filled up with him? It means walking in him. It means living our lives in a way that honors and pleases him. Living our lives in a way that honors and pleases him. It means rooting into him, establishing our lives in his love for us and for others. It means getting our lives established in his love. Ephesians, Paul brings up these same themes in Colossians, in in Ephesians. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is what it means to be filled up. It means to establish your life in his love for him and for others, his love for us, and his love through us for others. It means being built up in him, it means constructing our lives on his principles and priorities. Paul says in another place, in Corinthians, he says, you are God's field, you are God's building. Well, which are we, Paul? And the answer is yes. We are a field and we are a building. We are rooted in him, in the love of God, and our lives are being constructed, are being built on him and on his principles 
and on his priorities and persevering in him, strengthening our lives in his grace, producing fruit that will remain. In John 15, it talks about bearing fruit, and then it talks about bearing more fruit, then it talks about bearing much fruit, but then he ends with bearing fruit that will remain. I'm 54 years old now. I still have a few more times of laps around, you know, around the circuit here in the race of my life. And my desire, my deepest desire, and my desire for us as a congregation here at Bethel Christian Fellowship is not only that we will start strong, but that we will finish strong. That we will persevere in the midst of increasing um, intensity around us. That we will persevere in him and produce fruit that will remain. For the last year, the thing that has been over and over in my heart that I have been wrestling with is, Lord, how can we take what you are doing among us? How can this be sustainable and reproducible so that it continues to bring him glory until he comes? Listen to this in Colossians 1. One more scripture here. 21 to 23, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Don't move from the hope held out in the gospel. Don't move from the hope held out in the gospel. Oh, there's the winds, the prevailing winds are blowing against, you know, people talk about the, you know, the church, it's, it's time has passed. I don't think so. I've read the book. I know what happened. No, we must continue established and firm. This is the gospel that you heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Last. So the seed is sown. We receive Christ. We nourish that. We nurture. We nurture that seed so that it begins to grow. We remain in him. It perseveres through, you know, our next, next spring by God's grace, even though, man, it's cold and cold and cold, there's going to be stuff growing up. You got hope for that? All right. Come about April, May, some stuff's going to start coming up and greening up again. Happens every year. Going to happen again this year. Stuff's going to come up, and then what happens? There's a revelation that takes place, and this is the third step in the process of what we're looking at for this year's theme, revealing Christ, revealing Christ. Colossians 1, 24 to 27 now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. This is the, this is the commission that has been given to me as your pastor to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh man, if you, if you were here Christmas Eve at 9 o'clock, you got to hear James Underwood unpack that in a, a better way than I ever could. It was so powerful. It just gripped my heart. And it's right in line, James, with what the Lord is speaking to us this year. Because I believe that our lives are going to radiate out his life and joy as we overflow with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, I'm going to say it in English. We're going to say it together. Be thinking about how you translate that into your languages because I'm going to have you share it and speak it out together. All right, so Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is how we're going to radiate out his life and joy when we're overflowing with, let's say it together, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Say it again. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Say it again. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Nepali. <laughs> Pastor, stand up and say it, and then they can repeat it with you. How would you say it? How, how? Go for it. All right. Amen. Okay. Corinne. Okay, beautiful. All right, Aromo. Beautiful. Creole. All right, Swahili. <laughs> All right, we get it antiphonally. I love this. Okay. All together, one more time. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Now, what does it say at the end of our Colossians 2, 6 and 7? It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Here's that overflowing. The Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's thanksgiving is the natural overflow of a life filled with Christ. Because here's the thing. This is your life, people. This is your life. And whatever it is filled up with, when life comes along and bumps you, that's what's going to spill out. So the question for you and for me today is, what's spilling out of my life? What is it that's spilling out of my life? It's just water. It'll be okay. <laughs> what's spilling out of my life? I know what spills out of my life sometimes. I don't think it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. But more and more, and through this year, this is one of the things that we're going to be keeping looking at both in our individual lives, but this is also true, by the way, what, when people come here into this house, because this is not just an individual word, but for us as a family of churches, what, do, what spills out of our life together? What is spilling out of Bethel Christian Fellowship? Let 
Look at what it says in Colossians 1, 12 to 14. We're coming right up to the end here. We're almost there. So whoever's in the sound booth, be ready. Uh, if it's David or Greta, whoever, be ready with that piece. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This should bring us shouting because in giving joyful thanks to the Father, we have the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He has taken us out of darkness and brought us into light. Let's give him a shout of thanksgiving today. We honor you. We worship you. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 He is the one we proclaim. Admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and those at Laodicea, for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me tell you about my garden in Kettle River. I had a goal. We started our garden in 1985. My goal was weed-free by 93. When we started in the summer of 1985 in that garden, this is not an exaggeration, I spent eight hours every Monday, my day off, I spent a full day every Monday weeding that puppy because it was just full of weeds. The next year, probably the same thing. We left in 1990, so I didn't get to see the fruition, but we were getting closer to that place. I gave so much energy into that garden. I want you to know that as your pastor, and I want you to know that your pastors, because we are united in heart around this, we are laboring with all of his energy in us to present this body fully mature in Christ. That's our heart. That's what keeps us awake at night. That's what it is that, that's why we do what we do, is for that very reason. That's the call that compels us. So that, and you know, everybody, here's a true confession, all right? Because your pastor is still moving towards, you know, full, full, full radiating. I, I think there was a part of the reason that my garden, I was so, I'm, okay. I'm very particular about order, okay? You know that about me, all right? Also, it was on a highway, and it was right there, right? You know, there was the ditch, and then there was my garden. And I wanted people walking, driving by to see a good-looking garden, okay? So that's the fleshly part of it. But on the spiritual side, what we desire, is that people who are looking at the garden of our life together would see something that radiates the very glory of God that is a witness to Christ in us, the hope of glory. Isn't that a worthy goal? That's a worthy goal that God has given to us. So, 
this year. So, we've received Christ. We're remaining in Christ. And we're revealing Christ. So, that is why this year, 2014, is a year of growing maturity. As it says in Jeremiah 17, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, that draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But... Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. As a response to the word this morning, this table is the visible representation to us of the sacrifice of Christ. This bread has become to us as the bread of life. This cup has come to us representing the cup of salvation. This represents the work that Christ has done for us. And so as we come together, and the word overflowing with thanksgiving is the word in the Greek, eucharisteo, which is the Eucharist. This is the table of thanksgiving, the table of remembrance, thankfulness unto the Lord for his goodness. And so today, it is in thankfulness that we come to this table to receive from his hand, from his heart. His hope, Christ in us. Jesus Christ is Lord. Fill us up, Lord, that we might reveal Christ in us, the hope of glory. Bless, Lord, these elements as we receive them together. I'm going to ask you to hold the elements until we've all been served. We'll partake together. Just a word of instruction. We're going to be singing a couple of very familiar hymns, and we're going to invite you them to be sung in different languages so they'll be led in different languages from up here and when it comes time for your language to sing that out come and sing it out before the Lord and um, just allow the words to soak in as we sing them together let them be a prayer because this is an opportunity to reorient your life to him if you've not received Christ today is the day to begin to receive the seed that you might grow in maturity. Maybe you've been a believer for a while, but as, as Hannah said earlier, you've lost, you know, you said goodbye to the world and then you've said hello lately. It's time again today to remain in Christ. Maybe you desire to have a greater revelation of Him through your life. Receive these elements in that posture today and surrender your life to Him. He is worthy of all thy praise. Amen. Just open your hands, if you would, to receive the benediction.
Lord, in this year of growing maturity, as a people of God here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, we commit ourselves to you today. We turn our face towards you, O oh God. And we look into your eyes blazing with fire. And Jesus, we invite you to be all of who you are in us as a people. Jesus, Savior. Messiah, anointed one. King of kings, Lord of lords. We submit ourselves to you afresh this day. And commit ourselves to following you here in 2014. And now may you be filled afresh this very day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit, be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor over your lives, and until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that His love and mercy and goodness will chase you down every day. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. All God's people said, Amen.